Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, everyone. We're back. Oh, my God. Uh, thank you for tuning in again. This week on the Ace of Geeks podcast, after a long hiatus, we discuss giant robot fighting. There's some talk about Star Trek Discovery and Star Wars, Star Wars trailers and mm-hmm. Black Panther trailer. We cover a whole bunch of cool stuff. Uh, if you like the show, please, 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 please go to iTunes and give us a review. If you do that, we will read your name on the air. We, we will. have made this promise and we will go through with it. So please, it helps the show a lot. Thank you very much. See you soon. We are wizards. We are crewmen. We are Jedi superhuman. Warriors fighting on the side of good. We are DMs, we are players, we are hardened undead slayers. Elven archers roam the enchanted wood. We all pretend to be something, so why not pretend to be something interesting? Nerd on, my friends, nerd on. Keep it up and All right, so, so giant robots. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back and, and after the and, and hiatus. The yeah, only thing that can so bring us back that we actually are recording a podcast again. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I don't. I didn't. Um, uh, Jared was telling me in the car. Somebody who we've never met came up to the big bad con and was like, "Why have there been no episodes of Ace of Geese podcast recently?" Like, which is not to say that guilt works on us. But also, giant robots. People listen to this show. <laughs> I am shocked and surprised and Oh god, maybe I should work on this. Technically you had an excuse. I I have several excuses, yes. My new job and this one that you may or may not hear screaming over the course of the podcast. Right now it's very complicated. Your new job and your new job. Yes. Several new jobs. I work I work nights now. Which in order uh, or in interest of keeping her internet presence her choice do we not want being your child. That is correct. Well, I mean, I keep doing that. I keep doing that. I'm not even going to mention the gender online. It was the screen in the name of Star Trek. Oh, it was her. Her, 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 No, guys, you got it wrong. It was just robots punching each other. In the middle of my sentence, everything is right in the world. But should we also, if she is listening to this in the future, don't. Hello, guests. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hello. No, one of them doesn't want to introduce themselves at all. Okay, cool. Who's the other one? My name is Rowan Hansen. Rowan, you've been on this yeah, before, Rowan's right? Yes, yeah, this, yeah. Is my, this is now my third time on the Ace of Geeks podcast. <laughs> Christ, <That's> inverted. <laughs> we put the pin back in the grenade. <laughs> That's right. You want to um, introduce yourself? Oh, hi. I am Mailing Fatum, also known as The Wife. And actually, just in case this is your first time listening, as, you know, been a while. Uh, hi, my name's Mike. Mm-hmm. I am Jarris. We are the hosts of the Ace, Ace of, Geeks of Geeks podcast. podcast. It is a podcast where we discuss the highs and lows in geek culture. Yeah, actually, they, that's that a was, good way to say it. Yeah, we, that was a catchphrase that I was going to put on the beginning of every podcast, and then I keep forgetting. Well, it's good that we're saying it now. Yeah, this has really helped things out. <laughs> We've really had some time to step back, think about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, we often do talk about the things that are the highs that bring us up and make us really... Like giant hit, robots. Hell yeah, giant feel that robots. amazement. And also the lows. The ways in which we recognize that our fandoms can be incredibly toxic and people can act in ways that are are more than ba- embarrassing, but could be psychologically harmful. I'm looking at you, fans of that specific show, talking to workers of a specific restaurant. Well, if are we, we, can we, call are we not it calling out Rick and Morty on the show? 
Well, I mean, like Voldemort. Yeah, we could call it Rick and Morty on the show. You're not Futurama. Be your own thing. Okay. But again, giant robots. So we just saw the transnational, although it only occurred in... The, the binational. Inter- binational, yes. That's Two entire oh countries. The there is a, there, I saw apart. the funniest wrestling clip the other day. Um, so Triple H is on commentary for this match, and for some reason, like one of the wrestlers was speaking Spanish or Japanese or something like mm-hmm. that, and uh, um, one of the announcers asked him if he... Uh, understood what the guy was saying and Triple H just without a beat says I'm by a lot of things but lingual isn't one of them and there's this pause and he goes wait did I just say that (laughs) I am reopening my character's uh, basic information (laughs) Stephanie McMahon goes well Uh, but anyway sorry you were saying about our binational robot Um, fighting tournament so a few years ago a uh, very uh, talented man in Japan, who Suido in- uh, Enterprises. So it's uh, Suido Bashi Heavy, uh, Heavy Industries is the name mm-hmm. of the company. His name yes. I don't actually know. But that's okay. It's his company. He was Kurata. Oh, that's which true. Is why his robot is Kurata. That's right. Yes. All it needs uh, is an apostrophe, and then you know exactly whose robot it is. <laughs> <laughs> and the entire thing is that he created this incredible robot that wowed the world. It was the kind of this being art American. piece that he created. Yeah. That was like you could actually buy like, let's see if I can. It. If you have a million dollars and it's street mm-hmm. legal in Japan, you can drive around Japan in a giant freaking yeah, robot. That's right. But us being Americans, we saw an opportunity for conflict. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Mega- right. yeah, I'm like, I think I think what happened is Megabots was this company, and they can you know people who are huge fans of Megabots can email us if they're wrong. But they're this American company that wanted to build a giant robot and wanted to draw attention to their giant robot, and so they could raise money to build a giant robot, and thought. Well, we can just say we're building a giant robot, but that's not going to get anyone's attention. But if we challenge a Japanese giant right. robot to a fight... Foolishly so, because, I mean, the whole time we've been... And ooh, they just showed us a lot of the in-development movies. There's a lot of mutterings of, so this Japanese robot is way better than the American <laughs> robot. Yep. This is going to go pretty fast. But, and the first fight did, in fact. Yeah, it yeah, was over in a second. Kuratas <laughs> threw a giant falcon punch from across the arena... And just okay. murdered the Mark II. He kind of just... Can, sorry. Can, can I, Side like, right physics yeah, this physics right that. now? So, uh, the first one, the Iron... Iron what Glory. A, Iron, Iron Glory was the same weight as... As uh, Karatis, and Karatis, like, totally kicked its ass. Yeah, yeah like, not um, punched it over. It like, fell back. It, it was not even a, a thing. Whereas Eagle Prime is literally twice the weight yeah. of Karatis. So Eagle Prime there's nothing it could have done. I think yeah. the big mistake Jap- Japan made going into the... Or Sugebashi made going into this fight. Because obviously the entire nation of Japan wasn't involved. Yeah. Uh, Unlike they, with Megabots. <laughs> with the entire <laughs> nation of a, the United the States. States. Yeah. yeah, they had yeah. a lot of companies coming in to help them out on NASA, that. Uh, Adam NASA. Savage. Uh, no, no. Grand Team Mahara. Adam yeah. Savage yeah. was not related. Um... But, I, but think the, I think the mistake that Sudabashi made was that they got challenged. Their bot got challenged, and it doesn't look like they actually did anything to change their bot. Yeah, except yeah, for putting I'd a giant say, heavy arm on it. Yeah. Which I would is argue okay. that was very honorable. They're like, we'll we'll let the work speak for itself. Right, but they had two years of of megabots putting out videos of we're upgrading our bot, we're making well, it bigger and better and but, stronger. Where they could have been like, well, okay, we're building a Gundam then. But <laughs> but also they didn't need a Gundam yet. Yes, <laughs> now they know. But also, like Suyabashi is putting those robots into uh, production, and so that's kind of like all they had because it's one dude. That's well, true. I, I feel it. like they had. I know that the, the like the pat- video packages were all like, oh, it's one Japanese dude building it by himself. I mean, in the obviously garage. he. But has, I feel like he had a team, and I feel like yeah. I feel like he Suidobashi Heavy Industries. It's a company. He has a warehouse and a factory to yeah. manufacture. After Which he makes why. the robots, he has to go down to the mailroom and sort through. All <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like that's why I don't think he changed it very mm. much because that's what his industry and his company is designing and making. You know, right? I'm like, just saying it doesn't. You know, he he could have. He probably had the opportunity to yeah. build a giant super heavyweight robot to take on. Uh, Mark the Mark Three, but just physically, physics speaking, I Eagle Prime has twice the momentum right. and 
everything just because it has twice the mass. Right, that's why I'm saying. And so, like, like that fight made a lot more sense. So, what we're referring to is then the second fight. It was much more of a standstill. Literally, at one point, they got locked together. Yeah. And then both auto shut down. Yeah. yeah. Locked the, together. The, the reason it seemed to really be this fight really seemed to be called for the U.S. was mostly, I think, because the chainsword was taking pieces off. Kuratas slowly one piece at a time and yeah. like Which is eventually a cool thing it would have to done do to a man's entire life work. <laughs> I feel like he has more than one robot, you guys. Well, no, I think he has more than one. I yes. think I think he knew this robot was gonna get damaged. And we in know this he fight. did some development since it had a little baby brother robot that flew out <laughs> to help. <laughs> that was such a genius So in the second fight, if you guys didn't watch Oh, it, and the uh, way the Americans dealt with it yeah. is so the, American. The Kuratas launched a uh, drone, which was just Utterly silly, like it couldn't have done anything in the fight, and so the Americans, of course, swatted it out of the sky and it landed directly on their cockpit and started spewing out smoke, smoke, so they couldn't see. They ended up making it much more effective <laughs> than it could have been. <laughs> and then, as soon as that happened, I recognized uh, that Kurata started also spewing out smoke. So I thought, oh, maybe this is a coordinated thing. But that was it, just gearing up to yeah, start whatever moving. Kurata wanted to charge, yeah. and had to I'd spew out a whole bunch of smoke. So giant robots are great for the environment, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I right. mean, as soon as we actualize hydrogen engines, like the Germans have already done, it'll be great. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine what the German robots going to look like? No, I well, don't I, have to imagine. That Gundam series already exists. Oh, there is true. a there is a Gundam anime that is literally like the World Cup of uh, robot fights, and every. <gasps> Whoa. Every country has a robot, and they're all racist. <laughs> all I'm, I'm imagining the German one is just going to be like chrome and really clean lines, and then it's going to have that one guy who is from the Volkswagen commercials, like V-Dub in the house. You, know? and it's gonna have a, you are never going to take down the Jägerflügel. <laughs> <laughs> The, hun- oh, the hunter sorry, spender. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what does frugal? Mean? Sleeping and I have like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We shouldn't. We shouldn't spend That's time with yeah. But this was the very exciting. I think uh, we all kind of knew that at first Japan was going to win. It was nice to see them go to a standstill, especially since they did so much fighting. It, it yeah. wasn't a fast sumo fight. Yeah, they honestly, really went back and forth. My expectations going into this was that one robot was going to go throw one punch, and they both were going to break. And then yeah. they were going to use clever editing tricks to make it look like that didn't happen. But Which, in a way, they sort of did. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't uh, breaking. There did not seem to be any... Abject failures. No. Yeah. Just, Just you know, intentional failures. Oh, other than the paintball gun sucking. But. Yeah. That was so pointless. They're, I think their first premise is where they fucked up there. They first thought, well, this was deadly on our machine. What they should have realized is, but they made it way better than our machine. <laughs> also, we never tested firing the cannon while the machine was swiveling. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Although at one and point... And it's not like Wanted, where it'll arc the bullet. Oh, true. Although in their defense, in the original Kuratas announcement video, uh, they also have a giant cannon, but theirs shoots soda bottles. So... I guess paintball cannon is a little bit That's more like effective than that. like the anti-recycling. Yeah. Oh my god. Giant robots might be the worst thing that has ever <laughs> happened to global warming. Well, you just have to make the ammo biodegradable. It'll be fine. If you didn't see it and don't have interest to, you might be excited to find out that at one point the American robot did take a girder rip it from its structure <laughs> and then use its arms twisting ability <coughs> to create a sort of spinning shield while yeah. the Japanese robot fired paint bullets at it. So the giant it robot cool. duel was not live um, and then they explained away that was because in between rounds was actually like a day long repair sequence not yeah. even like 20 minute fix up which makes okay, perfect sense. Here's the thing like in the rounds of battle bots which if you like giant robot fights you should you just like watch battle bots yeah. because it's little it's, robot fights which is different. But, I mean, they're still pretty massive, but, like, they only have, I think, like, an hour in between rounds to yeah. fix their little mm-hmm. robots. And if they can't, they're, they're SOL. At least you know when you turn it on, it's highly unlikely anyone's going to die. Whereas this one, they did. <laughs> they I was had an amazing the the yeah. roboticist <laughs> really uh, expert on there. 
uh, whose main job was being smarter than the person who did most of the talking and being the one to try and get him to point out that they were about to be crushed. Well, I, and I love under that spot because the, like that was so obviously filmed after the fight. Like, oh, oh yeah. there was a massive bit of destruction. We should make it look more dangerous. Let's have the commentators freak out and run away. Uh, <laughs> in that way, that was uh, very cool editing. But yeah. in my heart, I would like to believe it was live in that way. But it it also really kind of satisfied my professional wrestling fan in me <laughs> that they like took out the commentator table. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, that's such a classic move. I'm sure it was just the editing. There was a little bit of things here and there in this fight that felt like a work to me. Like, why wouldn't Kuratas just charge in with his rocket fist again, rather than, like, taking a slow, high, hunkering down behind cover and, like, trying to wait it out? Yeah. And that would, may have been tactical, not Maybe. knowing what the new robot could do. And since the new robot is so much bigger, that could actually make sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dink. Oh, shit. <laughs> it falls over. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing we've seen from this, humanity has a long way to go before uh, using fighting war robots in war is in any way feasible. Thank God. Which is probably good because they would be incredibly destructive. I mean, as long as we could use fighting robots instead of people in wars and maybe, like, fight on the moon. Like, okay just the robots without people in them? Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. I'm going to stop you right there. That's the basis of the world behind you, Android's dream of electric sheep and Blade Runner. Congratulations, that's slavery. <laughs> <laughs> only if they're only not if they're sentient. sentient. Yeah, only that's if they're true. sentient. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta be very careful to make them not sentient. Just Again, don't give them emotions true. or feelings. <laughs> make sure they can't understand the beauty of rain falling over... Uh, what's that speech? <laughs> I've seen, what, starships explode what? off of the Orion... I don't know. Yeah, not, I something, something, something disappear so, like tears and rain. Yeah. yeah. So I guess then my argument that the Empire is actually, like more humanitarian than the Rebel Alliance and using droids oh. is wrong. Oh, to start separatists in the Republic, you mean? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, because the drones are sentient. Yeah, droids are pretty sentient they in Star Wars. They answer around that show. question a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. droids are basically slaves in the Star Wars universe. And yeah. clones are also basically slaves. No, slaves are, clones aren't basically slaves. They, they are, are slaves. slaves. They are slaves. Clones right. are slaves. And <laughs> they have a genetic bomb in them. Oh, oh my god. Spoilers! Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in uh, campaign, by the way, in the very short campaign break, is at one point where one character mentions Order 66 in a conversation with Bacta, but because it was shouted, Bacta believes that he is being given the Order 66 and goes into PTSD. Yep. Oh, that was so sad. It's actually, if you watch the animated series Clone Wars, oh, and God. then you watch Revenge of, of, the of the Sith. It is heartbreaking. So speaking of things like, that are providing oh, more heartbreaking detail than the Star Wars oh, universe, Lord. I'm reading this, well, listening to this book called From a Certain Point of View right now, and it's this book that was written for charity. Um, they took a bunch of authors from, you know, either famous authors or uh, celebrities who are good at writing good, um, and got them to take basically the entirety of A New Hope but they're telling the story from side characters' uh, perspective. So, like, well, early kind on, of you get the stories... books that need to be written from the EU perspective. Yeah. They need to start filling in those Yeah, short and there's stories. a lot of filling in of it. So, uh, it's it's really fascinating. Um, the, the, early, the early stories are really interesting because it's a lot of, you know, we're on Tatooine, so here's a story about Jot the Jawa and his life. <laughs> um, and, but then you get to the cantina, and they have to tell the story of every single person in the cantina, Good. and which means Good. you see Han shoot Greedo about 20 times in a row, and I, by the end of it, you're just like, okay, guys, <laughs> tell a new story. Uh, but Maybe then, not everyone was paying attention. Yeah, the one I, the one I just listened to uh, was, without spoiling too much, because you get this from the title, uh, the story of Leia's mom. Uh, first trying desperately to find out what happened to her daughter and then seeing the Death Star slip into orbit around Alderaan. Mm. It's the worst and most heartbreaking and the best and oh my god. So right now I am reading uh, Claudia Gray who wrote Bloodlines next Leia book called Leia, Princess of Alderaan and it's Leia's story that as she gets into politics and discovers her parents' involvement in the rebel uh, in the early rebellion and seeks to help (laughs) And one of the things that Claudia Gray does very, very well is that she describes and treats Alderaan culture with the hushed 
solemnity of someone who understands this will be gone That's in three awesome. years. Mm -hmm. And they drive it down. The thing everyone's worried about, the thing that everyone talks about is what are the risks of being in the alliance? What could possibly happen? Could our people be at risk? Could they be enslaved? What could happen? No one ever, they couldn't imagine no. the level of destruction. And the fact that they're still right, that they still yeah. do it, it makes it a very powerful story but, knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, the story that, in the story that I was reading, like Bail Organa's reaction is basically that. Like, even though he's seen what the Death Star can do on Scarif, who wrote it shows, his story? Uh, I don't remember who oh, it was. Oh, okay, sorry you were saying. But, um, he, you know, when it shows up, he still has the reaction of, like, no, they wouldn't, that can't happen here, which is fascinating. Yeah. Even coming from him. Um, yeah. But to spoil something for you that's going to make you very excited, Jairus, without mm. spoiling too much, uh, Claudia Gray writes a story <gasps> yes! in, uh, in, from a certain point of view. Uh, it is the story of uh, what Obi-Wan is going through while Luke is going back to the farm to visit his parents, oh. told from the perspective of Qui-Gon's Force Ghost. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> it is fantastic. Oh my god! See, I know how she writes. I got goosebumps right now. <laughs> yep. That sounds incredible. It's so good. It's like she. It's like from the perspective oh, of someone wow. who is one with the universe, lowering themselves to humans so they can talk oh, to someone. God. It's amazing. It's I so really good. wanted to know what being a force ghost is like. Holy crap! I want to know what was going through Leia's head. When she, after they get out of the Death Star, she leans over to comfort Luke, who just lost his mentor he's known for three days. And her entire planet is gone. Yeah. All her family Again, is dead. Skywalker boys be weak as shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Leia's amazing. Yeah. Oh, they do something really cool in this book. They contextualize her uh, running into Luke's arms, well, not running, getting into Luke's arms for the swing and offering him a kiss. She did that for a boy she liked. And... In that moment, in the first time of her life, she taps into the Force. Uh, and so it becomes a memory for her that when you see the movie, it then is understandable that she is trying to give him a moment like what she had. That's awesome. It's very interesting. Um, speaking of Leia, uh, it's one of, so the last Jedi trailer came out. Well, the newest <laughs> last, last Jedi trailer came out last week, I think? Yeah. Last yeah. week? Um, mm -hmm. Uh, and I really wish I'd filmed one of those trailer reaction videos of myself because yes. I did not expect this out of myself. It got to the bit where um, where they're doing the intercut to make it look like Kylo is about to blow Leia up, which yeah. of course is probably not anything like no. the movie. No. But um, I literally back. leaned forward in my seat and was like, you stay away from her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't even it's like know I was saying hard. it until it was out. <laughs> it's so hard knowing now how precious she is. I know. This will be the last I Oh, oh God, heart's broken. Also, uh, Will Wheaton, if you're listening to this podcast, which you aren't, but if you are, your story in from a certain point of view is very good, and also you are a son of a bitch. <laughs> you know why. <laughs> we, you, uh, when, you, when everyone else reads this story, they will also know why. I well, can't also, wait. didn't you read it like pretty soon after she was uh -huh. born? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So we um, we talk about Star Wars a lot in our last few episodes. And, um, and all and of our episodes. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, literally, Jarrett and I became is... friends because we were yeah, walking down a hallway that's after true. He was in a, they were in a movie of mine, and uh, we were like, so Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Oh, I remember it pretty clearly. We were in a hallway. We are in the lot outside of oh, the, right. the uh, student dorms, and you were filming, and you paused, and I said, so what's your favorite movie? And you're just like, well, I like a lot of stuff. It's probably this one. But I love Star Wars. I'm like... Star Wars is actually my favorite movie. Who's your favorite character? And we started talking back and forth. Yeah. It kind of is a cornerstone of our friendship. It is. It, but it, many it of really her nerdy is. things have happened in the last few months. Um, like giant robots! Star Trek! <laughs> Star Trek! Great! Good! Mei-Ling, oh. Jairus, argue about Star Trek. I have to go to the bathroom. I don't want to argue with Mei-Ling. She knows way more than I do. Do it! No, no. So you like Discovery? I really do. Um, I don't think we can be friends anymore. I know, I know. There's a big divide. For me, I think I like it because it's easier for me to get into because it does not draw itself from the things that usually alienates me from Star Trek. Like but I what? think, oh, the um, uh, the way that they present their culture from a social science standpoint, I find very uninteresting. Not because it's not unrealistic but because at this point so many social things have already been resolved that i have a hard time caring very much about the federation so, so you're in the mindset that you have to have interpersonal conflict on a starship 
even though like that's really a horrible, horrible idea that you are trapped in a tin can you in the back of the hate. Yeah, no, I don't you think hate. you need to have interpersonal conflict in, within the starship, but I do prefer stories in which the starships act as microcosms for society as a whole. And S- Star Trek does that very well, but in the way they show their society, I'm not as interested in that society. Um, what you I really, really watch Deep Space Nine. I, think I do. That's my it. favorite, actually. Yeah, Deep I Space Nine is it. my absolute favorite. Um, because they show so much of the social stuff. They like Deep Space Nine. Um, that was a significant glare you just heard. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, okay, here's my thing about Deep Space Nine. Like, it was one of the few series where I actually liked every single character. But Cisco's arc of oh, becoming, yeah. like, a god to these indigenous people, I was like... Yeah, that's stupid. (laughs) No, I agree. I very um, much agree. I I was very, very much against that. And Kai Wynn is one of the best Mm. villains of all fucking time. She is terrifying. But, like, so my problem with Star Trek Discovery is that, one, it upset me how they changed the outfits. Mm -hmm. um, Because I'm a costumer, so I always look at that. And... I got this amazing book of the 50 years of Star Trek costuming Mm -hmm. and um, it kind of, you know, described like what they were doing and how they, how the costumes and the uniforms developed. Star Trek Discovery is supposed to happen before the original series and there's, and it's happening in the prime timeline, not in the Kelvin timeline, which I'm just like, I'm like, for those not in the know, what is the difference? Okay, so, sorry. J.J. <laughs> Abrams. The Kelvin timeline is with the new 2009 Star Trek, where... Okay. Um, Chris Pine is Chris, the captain. Yeah, he's the captain, and um, Nero came in through the black hole and basically destroyed Vulcan. Okay. Some creating who, a very, sorry. very different time. Yeah. yeah, some people who uh, study Star Trek uh, socially note that the movies were very conscientious about showing that a federation without a strong Vulcan center, with a strong human center, became much more militaristic. Well, and also, someone blew up a fucking yeah, planet. Yeah, like, all of but unheard sense. of outside of Star Wars. But also, Nero's ship was had Borg technology, so if any nanocells survived, we can maybe have some Borg. <laughs> Anyways, um, would that interact with the natural Borg development? That's what would be oh, interesting shit. to find out. Because then they would, that would accelerate everything. it, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, it, it would. It really would. It. God. So that's why I'm super excited. But okay, so then the prime timeline is the original series with William Shatner and all of that. And so the Klingons have always been part of the timeline. No. Okay. And like, Jeez. they were the big bad in the original series, mm. and they were kind of this like, nebulous big bad you know the federation didn't really know about them and so we've never really experienced the main conflict which Mm -hmm. is what's happening in discovery so i get it it's a federation at war which is slightly different than you know we're explorers and we have the prime directive and we're like getting along with everybody yeah we're we're gonna try not to f up your society but we're probably gonna steal something crucial Depending on the captain, we're not going to mess anything up, but we are going to fuck something. They're not as bad (laughs) as Stargate, though. Like, Stargate is always like, is this what's keeping your planet alive? We're just going to take it. Okay, thanks. This is super (laughs) interesting. Allow me to point out the single flaw. Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to touch it. Ooh, it all went down! Yeah, and then Daniel Jackson's like, Wait, we switched to Stargate? Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's right. (laughs) so, So I do get why everyone's a little bit more antagonistic in Discovery, but I just... I wish she was not the ward of Spock's father. That is true. I'm kind of like, just make it completely separate from any characters that we know. It wasn't quite necessary. Because they're always like, hey, if it's a Vulcan, it has to be related to Spock in some way. And I'm like, the writers of Once Upon a Time called, and they want their storylines back. Or like, you know, George Lucas... Yeah, and so it's just, that kind of upsets me. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, she's so, I know she's human, but she is, like, so not 
raised by a Vulcan. Like, ugh. Really the utter difference yeah. between how they show her when she gets on the ship versus now is so different, it is hard to believe they're the same people. Right, right. And I, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I've only seen the pilot. I haven't seen any other episodes. Oh, but my also, God. Oh, really? The Klingons. It gets so much better. Uh, yeah, no. I, I just, I can't. That's fair. The That's Klingons fair. too sound like they're talking through cotton. It's because of they the over like design. Yeah. The over design of their prosthetics, they can't actually talk. And, and so, so you don't get those hard consonants. Yeah, the Klingon language is now completely muted and muffled and it's just I dislike it. So and there's just no continuity of how those Klingons could become the original series Klingons. And also how their uniforms could become the original series uniforms. Like I, I do, just I have heard an answer for that last <sighs> one. So a Star Trek fan I was listening to on a podcast said that one of the reasons why um, the Enterprise uniforms always look so uh, color arrangement and specific is because uh, Enterprise ships are a special top of the line representative of Starfleet, and they get very specific uniforms that are Mm -hmm. unique to that ship. Um, On the other hand, I I don't find that necessarily compelling, but it is what they say. Um, There is more to this show. It's certainly in development. It has some interesting things. I think the best thing it has going with it is it was obviously written by people who love Star Trek. That You can see the love. I'm seeing it. I mean, no. The other thing is they take the Tumblr theory that in Star Trek, humans are the Doc Brown of the universe, literally running new science experiments through their ships. It takes that trope and runs with it. That's most of what their that story does, is. That, that is true. And a lot of captains, especially in the exploratory vessels, are like, ooh, let's do some science. And it's like, ah, I don't think Slow we should. down there. That's what the majority of this hole? story is really no. about. Um, it, it, she shifts onto another ship with a captain we're obviously not supposed to like. He is a very morally uh, compromised person. And so in that way, they kind of fit together in a weird way. But... Um, the major thing is, like, his ship was a science vessel, and when the war started, he's like, this science would really help with the war. Let's do this. Well, and I mean, that's just kind of human history, too. Sure. A lot of science has been developed through wartime efforts and stuff. And, again, I totally get that. And also, this is, like, before we have achieved enlightenment of the Federation and blah, blah, blah. But still, it's just... It seems a little she too Vulcan, soon before. She Vulcan nerve-pinched her captain. Like, you, yeah. you just, you, would, you wouldn't do that. And after something like, like her failure of integrating into Vulcan society is complete enough that I'm not exactly sure why Sarek took a human wife afterwards. Unless he was thinking, well, if it's not just culture, no, fuck it, he, I gotta make these He had he yeah. already wait. Yeah, no. Sarek is the ambassador to right. the humans. Vulcan he ambassador to the humans. So had he a child. He kind her? of he kind of yeah. loves humans in a way that you're it's like. There is no reason why yeah, they should kind of not talk about that. That's so weird. Yeah, but so, I, yeah, I agree. So, that fact, connection because is of too Star much. Trek Five. He already had two children with her. Because Spock Ooh. has a brother that you only meet in that one movie. Again, you never talk about again. Uh, again, it's like hmm. We have a Vulcan that we need to introduce. Who's everyone's favorite Vulcan? Spock. Let's find a way of, like, relating it. Mm. No need. There's an entire planet, except in the Kelvinverse. Yeah, right, oh. that's true. They're, oh, oh. oh whoops. Alderanian <laughs> so Vulcan of Star Trek genocide. The Orville's pretty interesting. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, if you don't like one Star Trek uh, uh, series, there are two competing. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really like about the Orville is that it does not rely on comedy to be the basis of its show, which is good. Yes, but it leans into comedy too often in weird, awkward... Like there's, that is there's true. So many, and I actually have been enjoying the Orville, but it's starting it's, to drive me too. crazy because there are so many moments in it that um, there's like they're exploring a really interesting idea mm-hmm. or building dramatic tension, and then all of a sudden it's like, and now Seth MacFarlane has to make a Family Guy joke. Am I yeah. wrong? 
in stating that the uh, he has to work with his ex-wife who cheated on him plot is the weakest thread in that show. It's it it's, was resolved in episode one. Yeah, yeah and they keep bringing so. it back up, and Which, it's annoying. Exactly, like it's not a very compelling thing. Yeah, I mean, you're in the future now. Maybe there are ideas about relationships that we in our present would not understand. The the weird. He is petty to the point where it's hard to sympathize with yes. him on that issue. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Where I feel for him because it's horrible to be emotionally betrayed, but you could be an adult about it for five minutes. Yeah. And like I like their relationship when they're not talking about their divorce because they're yeah. very like they work so we well work together. Right together. We yeah. Right together and it's so nice to friends. see that actress uh, working. She blew my mind in uh, Agents, Agents of Shield. Is so good so to see. I'm so pissed that that, that spinoff didn't happen. I know yeah. she would have like, been amazing. Because then they, they wrote her off the Both show in such a way that they can never bring her back. back. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you say that, but well, they're bringing Hunter back I know. That, this season. I know. So. That's true, and they're not dead. Yeah. No. Um, and, and honestly, death wouldn't even be really. No, that not big for Mark. Well, that's like, their comics. primary thing. Yeah. I mean, Tahiti. Yeah. It's even, a even if you see the body and the body yes, has been dismembered and spread to the five corners of the world, it was it a real life decoy. Nothing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was just like, oh, it was a you, meat sack. Even the two characters that were supposedly never coming back, which is Bucky and Jason Todd, are back. Yes, that I think is even it. Uncle Ben came back. <laughs> no, for a day. Okay, uh, during the five hundredth thing. Uh, Strange, Doctor Strange gave Peter Parker a birthday present that was essentially, literally, a D&D wish spell. <laughs> and par- Peter used it to visit the, have the spirit of Ben visit with him. And it, oh God, it's so, my favorite writer wrote it. Uh, in this scene, Ben, because of the wish spell, knows everything Peter has done. And most of what he says is, I'm so proud of you. And it, oh God. <laughs> Speaking of your favorite writer, uh, Dan Michael Skrinsky, if yeah. you don't know. Uh, so I'm uh, making a grand attempt at Babylon 5 right now. Oh, that's good. I couldn't The hack first it. season is so I, bad. Yeah, I know. It's I so bad. Like, it's it. imaginative and interesting, Like and like the world is imaginative, but then like the episodes are like, every single episode is on the level of a bad first season TNG episode. Yeah, but it's not to say it's on the level of a bad Voyager episode, Mm. but still, it's it's really hard to get through. Mm. And I keep seeing glimmers of, oh, maybe that character could be interesting. Oh, Okay, there's one episode Mm -hmm. where there's this running joke throughout the entire episode that the really annoying chief of security, who apparently becomes a really good character later, is telling every woman on the ship that he wants to take them back to his quarters so he can show them his second favorite thing. And when he finally gets one back, it's a Looney Tunes cartoon. He shows her a Looney Tunes cartoon. And well, that's, that's kind of end of episode that, tag joke. Better. I mean, I would have really not enjoyed it if it was his penis. Uh, no, also, neither would I. What's his first favorite thing? I don't know. Probably his penis. Probably. God damn it. That's also, why he I'm was sorry, like, I'm going to open with my second favorite thing. We can then... work out to the first If one. you like the Looney Tunes, you're going to love my dick. <laughs> okay, what kind of dick? <laughs> it's made it's by a Acme. Tunes. <laughs> it's made by Acme. It's drawn oh, on, God. and as long as you believe in it, it's there. Oh my God. Uh, so there's it's this, literally dynamite. There's a brand <laughs> new uh, TV show called Justice League Action. That's uh, just, you know Justice League, but kind of like funny or um, awesome shorts like for characters. Like the uh, okay. young uh, baby Marvel hero. Kind of, but yeah. with full-grown things. Not, yeah. Um, and uh, they had one episode <laughs> where Lobo is trying to capture the Flash, and they end up on a desert planet, and then Lobo keeps building considerably larger contraptions to capture the Flash, <laughs> and they keep blowing up in his face as the Flash runs by That's and says fantastic. nothing. And at the very end of the episode, the Flash stops, looks at the camera, and goes... Meep, meep. And, <laughs> and I was like, that That's is the amazing. greatest thing ever. Thank did you. you know, we may have discussed this on here before, but did you know that cartoon was originally satire on chase cartoons? Oh, really? And how violent they were. And so they tried to make this satire, and it became the trope <laughs> namer of that cartoon. That's one of the things, the jokes that I've always loved in The Simpsons, that they call out how utterly violent Tom and Jerry right. is. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Like, this is the natural conclusion. The guy is tearing his skin off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's that's just yeah. what it is. 
Yeah. Um, uh, what other incredibly nerdy things have struck us like lightning but have been gone in Oh, the, the Black Panther trailer came out yesterday. Yes. Holy crap. Really Both cool. spiritual and technological. I yeah. just... And the way they show Nana, I swear to God, I bet that bomb that hit that car is a nanite bomb. And I just <laughs> want to hear the words deconstructed on a molecular level. And I'm going to be like, oh, there was, God, there was a time, so good. This is probably close to a decade ago now, folks. You may remember it. I think it happened on the podcast. Um, but there was a time. We haven't when, been doing this for 10 years. Close to it. Um, there's a time when... Uh, uh, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra yes. was coming out. I, and yeah. Jairus yes. did not want to see it and refused to see it. And I finally just sat them down and was like, Jairus, this movie has ninjas and nanites. And we went to go see it the next day. Yes. No, <laughs> for that, it was worth it. But a little bit more so because Gordon Joseph Levitt was a Cobra yeah. Commander. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Oh, Those were actually so excellent movies. They were. I enjoyed they them both. They were quite fun. Yeah. yeah. So, some things that we're excited about is, obviously, Black Panther. Oh, I am so excited oh, to see yeah. the cosplay that's going to come out oh, of God, yeah. that movie. Those costumes like, are so pretty. They're so great. Those and the design is are, amazing. are phenomenal. And I'm just kind of like, thank you. Like, they're <laughs> just going to be gorgeous. Um, I'm hesitantly excited for The Runaways series why hesitant because i don't trust anyone with my babies yeah i can understand that (laughs) but i i would like to pose my question a bit further by putting it like this wasn't it exactly like the comics yes it was yes it was exactly like the comics except molly is too old and gert is skinny and i don't agree with either of those choices which oh that's why i couldn't figure out who gert was yeah yeah the, the thing is, she's... I like that Molly's a little older, though. No, no, she should be ten. Like, That's she's... the point of the character. She's Princess the powerful. little kid sister mm-hmm. that everyone's like, True. oh, God, Mom's making me watch you. You know, mm-hmm. and like, she's, yeah. So the fact that she looks like she's 16, I'm kind of like, mm, you could be watching yourself. Um, Maybe she's supposed to be young, and they didn't want to hire a super young actor. Possibly. I'm yeah. sure that's difficult for TV. Yeah, with, it can be. For a major character, you usually have to hire, like, twins if they're too young. <laughs> well, and also, like, with the content of Runaways, it can... Like, if they do it right, it can be a little yeah, she, controversial to yeah. have, like, a very, very young actress. That's or, like, true. try and so make So many of her like jokes were based on her age, though they could be switched making her kind of a cuckoo lander character, someone who's just a little... Not on the same plane. Well, I mean, in the comics, she was kind of, she was kind of like the, I'm gonna punch things because I'm little. Like, oh my god, when she punches the Punisher in the dance. Yes, oh. war journal. Ow. So good. <laughs> and the fact that like four issues later, he was still on the roof. Yeah. Where, like <laughs> real men don't cry. Only the Punisher did in that run. Yeah. Speaking of the Punisher. I want to congratulate Mike, whether you were directly responsible or not. For the um, Punisher? Yes, yeah, I birthed the Punisher. <laughs> I am 60 years old, probably. But some of the things you put out on social media, uh, pointing to Marvel, saying, why are you connecting yourself with a... Oh, that wasn't me, actually. That was uh, Tyler wrote that article for Ace and Oh, uh, nice. Yes. Okay, uh, then I yeah. have to thank Tyler. I appreciate that, Tyler. Not but, yeah. only was it genius, but they literally back walked it there back was, the next they, day. Yeah, so those of you didn't know, uh, Marvel at New York Comic Con announced that they were going to be doing a uh, partnership with an actual arms dealer Ooh. and writing a comic that was an all-ages comic, so, you know, all kids, ages. where employees of said arms dealer became super Fantastic Four-style superheroes. And, and this was yes, the day after weapons. the Vegas shooting. Yeah, yeah. they canceled so they, the Punisher appearance at New York Comic Con because they thought that was insensitive. And then they announced a contract with arms dealers. Luckily, they, they walked that one back. Yeah. And I'm really glad the Ace of Geeks said something about it, because I don't know how to tell this to you, Marvel, and I don't know what you and your, uh, like, board of members think, but you were founded by hippies! You The first movie you made in your incredibly successful cinematic universe that's been funding everything you want from the last ten years was about a guy who decides not to be an arms dealer because it's bad! Right! <laughs> It, it just, I... It what? Was, I, I, so they I immediately kinda, canceled the partnership as soon as everybody would, reacted to it. You know what it'd be it. like? Yeah. It'd be like if Lucasfilm partnered with the alt-right. <laughs> it'd be literally like it'd that. It'd be like 
No, I can't say that. You know how we no, made, you like, can say Hey guys, maybe. you know how we made no. a bunch of movies about people fighting basically Nazis? We're part of, partnered with basically Nazis <laughs> now. That's right. We decided that Wolfenstein was taking the wrong tact, so we're going to make... <laughs> Did you see their new yeah, thing? I love that. I so if you are a Nazi, get the fuck out. Yeah, and the one That's right before that, movie. there is only one side. Yeah. Yes. They, for those of you who don't know, uh, Wolfenstein, a game that has been for the last 30 years, about 40 years, about killing Nazis. Um, yeah. Yeah. Got flack because their latest trailer said "Make their America Nazi free again," and a bunch of Nazis on the internet were like, "We're being discriminated against." Video Fuck yeah, game. you are. Yeah. <laughs> Video games are supposed to be our thing. We decided four years ago. And so their yeah, their reaction was, uh, "No, F no, you. yeah, screw no. you." The other thing, uh, so I I watched a gameplay run through. I love this. You walk behind two Nazis who are guarding a super weapon that has it has been established used to conquer America. And they're literally saying, why is the resistance so violent? Don't they understand we just have a difference in political opinion? I think the violence shows that there is no moral bottom line for them. They they just can't understand us. They just react so angrily. Obviously, they're not the tolerant left. <laughs> And that's when I shot those characters. And they're so in, I'm sure. it's in the video <laughs> saying uh-huh. so much for... I just... Ah, Bethesda's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, I'll add that, I'll add that. Oh, you think this is about you? Well, here, look at the notes I've read. It's a big middle finger. Yep, I just drew one. It's 40 stories I tall. Mean, yeah. That's why I love the movie Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yes. Oh. They get Hitler in Hitler the end. Like, that's right. Spoiler alert, but like, that's the best. so I literally, like, I just My favorite part, that was my favorite part about that movie. Well, and there are so many good things about that movie. But just oh, because, yes. like, you see that Hitler's actually at the place, and their plan is to kill Hitler, is you're like, oh, well... It's a it's a World War Two movie. You know Hitler yeah. lives until he kills himself in Berlin. So how are they gonna you know foul this all up and all of our heroes die? And then they walk up to Hitler and shoot him with a Tommy gun. And I was like, oh, it's an alternate history. <laughs> Thank you, Tarantino. I appreciate I that. I think it was after that Tarantino started to make it much more obvious that yes, all these things occur in the same universe. It's my universe. Yeah, I can Sorry. do whatever I want. Uh, yeah. So much so that uh, even though uh, another character. And him look the same. Uh, what's his name? Uh, um, Samuel Jackson's character from Pulp Fiction, Jules. Probably Jules Verne. Not Verne. <laughs> Jules. But I think it's Jules. Jules is supposed to be a descendant of Django. Oh, okay. Which is hilarious because Django's arch nemesis is Samuel. Is Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Reincarnation's a funny thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Sometimes you're a, you're a computer programmer in Jurassic Park. Sometimes you're a Jedi Master who goes out like a punk. Who swears? You and I think rhymes. the fans agree. You can make this a rap. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was Rowan, good. give me a beat. No, don't. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. Please don't. Okay. I can't rap. Here's your beat oh, and a you. knife to cut oh, it up. Oh, there yeah, you go. Very good. All right. No, good. I don't need no knife. I'm no. eating this beat raw. Okay. Oh. Well, it's going to get tangy, but all right. <laughs> Um, we need to wrap I'm it up. Drop some beats. This um, is going to get tangy. <laughs> oh, we do? Yeah. Okay. We don't need to wrap nothing up, son. All right. I just... It's past nine. Oh, do you have to get to your train? Well, I, I did tell Melissa I'd try to be home by nine. Oh. But we were having such a good time. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we can end a little early. It's our first podcast back in a while. I think people will understand. And that's the thing. We are going to keep doing this now that we know that it is possible. Um, it's, if, uh, it, scheduling is tough. Melee yes. and I have a newborn, and we also I also have a job that takes up a lot of my time. We actually we have another podcast we recorded ages ago. I just never put it online because I never had time. Uh, oh, so, did you? Which one was that? I don't know. We just oh, I remember man. recorded. Um, so uh, this will come well, up. We this get week. our Patreon up and running. <laughs> yes, that's right. Peppers only. Seriously, we need to get a Patreon up and running. Oh my I've, god, I've just that been, would actually get this thing. You off know what the happens? Ground. You know what happens with that? I open the Patreon, I fill out all the things, and then it gets to like your rewards. What rewards do you give your listeners? And I have and an anxiety attack. Okay. I just, I just yeah. am like, no, no, I it's don't Mike, know what. Ah. Mike, yeah. if you want to, we can just meet up and talk, and we yeah. can create a small business plan. That sounds good. Let's do that. We can do that. Yeah. So I can make patches. We're glad to be back. Yay! We Yay! miss you all. And hello, hello and welcome, welcome to the Ace of Geeks, Geeks podcast. Yes. Yes, if they want to email us, how do they do that? Uh, to help the baby. No. A C E. 
O F G. It, no, I can't remember no, what, no. how the lullaby goes. A C O F G. No F G. Oh my god. Oh my. No wait, god. that was right. A-C-E-O-F-G. Yeah, that's right. It's no, no, it, but the, the actual song was A-C-E-O-F-G. No, no. A-C-E-O-F-G-E-K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail.com. Henshin Rider, where did you come from? <laughs> no, that would be, that's Ace of Geeks Podcasting. This voice is super racist, and I need to stop doing it. I actually said that because it looked like you did a transformation sequence <laughs> when you pulled down. I just I love mic. the way anime villains sound, and that's my anime villain voice. Oh but my, if you oh, use it, if you, yeah, if you, use it, if you use it in a situation other than looking at a superhero attacking a, your giant monster and going, oh, really this. <laughs> uh, you just if you use you just sound like you're trying to do a super racist Japanese accent. I apologize, that was not my intent. Anyway, go to aceofgeeks.net. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, tons of articles there. We've Ace got, of Geeks uh, on Facebook too. Yep, and uh, on Twitter we're Ace. Actually, on Facebook right. I think we're Ace of Geeks podcast. On Twitter, Twitter we're the Ace of Geeks. Ace of Geeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much all we run Even right now. Even though so. we haven't been doing podcasts, we are still writing at around one to two things a week. At least, and we're we're still getting more stuff out there. And the poll list recently, is out every week with your com- your comic recommendations. It's really good. You should go read it. I recently put out something breaking down an episode of the um, Orwell, Orwell, Orville, the Orville, uh, that dealt specifically with uh, issues near and dear to my heart. And before that, I'm not begging, but I may have written an eight page treatise on the politics of Star Wars, and um, <laughs> I just I just need those page views. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> just put them in their mouth. <laughs> uh, but that's us, and I'm going to try to do this again. We are A C E E F G. No. E F G. Damn it. A C E O F G. No. You put a pause after F. You're right. A C E O F G E E K. K. Yeah. K S. K S P O. Start again. Oh. Start again. All right. The Zen of the Jingle. Experience tranquility. Mm. Be like Experience the feeling of Zenyatta looking at you. I am butt. my own worst enemy. A C E O F G E E K S P O D C A S T I N G at gmail.com. Yatta! Nerd off.